0: We have the distinct privilege, pleasure and honor of introducing uh, two friends of the Arab world and then the United States and the National Council on U.S.-Arab Relations. Uh, They're not known to everyone, but in moments they will be known to everyone. And each comes at this relationship from a different perspective, different educational background, different experience. But they've made enormous contributions to better understanding into focusing on the positive aspects of our two peoples regarding our cultures, our histories, our heritages, without uh, neglecting our respective needs, concerns, interests, objectives, and relations. Our first uh, speaker is His Royal Highness Prince Abdulaziz bin Talal bin Abdulaziz bin Abdulrahman al-Saud. He is one of two grandsons (laughs) of the founder of modern Saudi Arabia, who uh, have honored us with their presence at this uh, conference. Uh, Prince Abdulaziz is currently in the United States for higher advanced education and training, uh, but he already starts from a higher platform and foundation. He is the chairman of the Arab Open University He's the president of the Arab Gulf Association for United Nations Development Organizations and has been a UNESCO Special Envoy for issues dealing with water, given his commitment to sustainable development. He's also interested in information technology in terms of its application uh, to, to business and education. Please join me in welcoming Prince Abdulaziz bin Talal.
1: Bismillah ar-Rahim. Peace be upon you all. I would like to say first, I watched a recorded video of the conference session yesterday, and I did like it very much. It was very interesting, very honest and uh, I liked the part when the uh, building alarm system went off. <laughs> <Bismillah>. <laughs> Dr. Anthony, Your Royal Highnesses, Your Excellencies, distinguished guests. On behalf of my father, Prince Talal bin Abdul Aziz, I would like to say what a great pleasure it is to be here today on the occasion of the 19th Annual Arab-U.S. Policymaker Conference, sponsored by the National Council on U.S.-Arab Relations. For over 27 years, Dr. John Duke-Anthony, as you know, and the National Council on U.S.-Arab Relations have been at the forefront of promoting friendship and mutual understanding between the peoples of the Arab world and the United States through an array of educational and exchange programs, and we thank him for his extraordinary work and commitment to mutual understanding between the United States and the Arab world. This year also marks the 65th anniversary of the seminal meeting between my grandfather, King Abdul Aziz Al Saud, and U.S. President Franklin Roosevelt It was during this visit, characterized by particularly friendly and respectful chemistry between the two, that the tone of friendship which has been a mainstay of U.S.-Saudi relations ever since was born. Today, conferences such as this one deal with an array of challenges and opportunities emanating from the Arab world and continue in that spirit of mutual respect. I have every confidence that the perspectives and opinions shared among us during this conference will only serve to complement and deepen our understanding of the Arab-United States dynamic. This year's conference could not come at a more timely moment. As we speak, the Arab and Islamic worlds face an array of complex security, developmental, political, and economic challenges and opportunities of concern to all nations. Before I go any further, I should emphasize that the United States and the Arab States seek the same goals, regional stability and security, economic prosperity, open markets and an educational system that prepares young men and women for knowledge-based economy. These goals are in everyone's interest, and the majority of Arabs of all ages, from Morocco to the Gulf, earnestly wish to be part of the international nexus of advanced economies, with the knowledge, linguistic skills, and appreciation of other cultures that membership of this elite community connotes and supports. I say this because most of the news coverage in the West focuses on that slim minority within a very small minority. Such consistent misrepresentation of, Muslim world, of the Muslim world in the Western media harms not only us indeed, it has the potential to damage your interests as well. Such reports can easily create false dichotomies in the public mind that can lead to unwise foreign policy choices and courses of action. Of course, we all know the principal geopolitical challenges facing the Arab world and the United States at the current juncture, and I know that you are discussing these issues intensively during this conference. Both the U.S. and Arab League support the establishment of a Palestinian state, but the continued expansion of settlements and the disposition of Palestinians from their homes and livelihoods imperil the negotiations that will make peace possible. Regarding Iran, the Arab nations of the Gulf are deeply concerned about Iranian nuclear intentions and their direct threat to regional security and stability. We believe current Iranian policy represents. And like the United States, all Arab states want an Iraq that is stable and representative of its entire population. But we Arabs face challenges from within as well, including a rapidly growing youth population and the responsibility for creating jobs for these young men and women, who will soon represent the largest demographic in the region. This is no easy task. For example, just 45 years ago, most Saudis were illiterate and lived the nomadic life and their fathers had followed for centuries. Today, our people live and work in modern, in a modern economy with a first-class infrastructure, and our literacy rate for people in their 40s and below is in the 19th percentile. We are very proud of this enormous progress, and yet, clearly, it is not enough. In addition to educating our people, we must give them the skills, knowledge, and perspectives that will allow our country to move to a knowledge-based economy with an understanding and appreciation of people of other cultures. This is what the overwhelming majority of our people want, and it is what leaders in Saudi Arabia and other Arab states understand we must provide. We will accomplish this task God willing, but it will take time and enormous resources. Yet no one should doubt our commitment to this work, so vital to stability, prosperity, and peaceful relations with all nations and people of the world. And this, of course, is why Conferences such as this one are so important, as it provides all of us an opportunity to exchange information, perspectives, and concerns. It is therefore my father's and my own earnest wish that this 19th annual Arab US Policymakers Conference make a substantial contribution to understanding the complexities of the Middle East and America's relationship with it. Now the best part. I thank you again. For this opportunity to say a few words on my father's behalf and wish you all success. Thank you very much.